Today's episode of the Ministry Minded Podcast is proud to be partnered with Anchor Podcasts. Anchor is the easiest way for anyone to make a podcast. If you have a latent idea that's just kind of lying around for a show you would like to record one day, I'm confident that anyone could use this platform to host, record, and distribute your podcast, turning your idea into a reality. Anchor puts everything you need to be successful all in one place. You can start a new recording right from your mobile device. They also have convenient creation tools that allow you to edit your audio files so they sound crisp and great. Anchor also distributes your podcast for you, letting listeners find your show almost everywhere, including Spotify, Anchor Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and several others. And best of all, it's free. There are no hosting fees or monthly subscriptions or minimum listener counts, just an easy-to-use platform to get your podcast out there at no cost to you. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm today to get started. Do you like coffee? I know that you do, and that's why I want to tell you about Fresh Roasted Coffee. Fresh Roasted is a locally owned and operated coffee house right here in central Pennsylvania that is committed to providing the highest quality coffee on earth. They do so by sourcing only the freshest coffee beans and by using the most eco-friendly roasting technology in the world. Fresh Roasted's USDA-certified organic coffee beans ensure that your coffee is consistently regulated at each stage of the production process and completely free of GMOs and harmful synthetic substances. Fresh Roasted Coffee roasts their beans per order with immediate packaging and shipping directly to your door, meaning that you get to experience fresh coffee at its peak drinkability. That's what I like. I was introduced to Fresh Roasted Coffee soon after moving to central Pennsylvania, and I'm so happy I was because I think it's literally the best coffee out there. Their Blackbeard's Revenge blend is out of this world good. Whether you use a regular drip coffee maker or a pour-over or a French press, however you get your coffee fix, make it fresh roasted. Go to the link in the notes for this show and use the offer code GRACE10 at checkout. That's offer code GRACE10 at checkout to get a discount on your next order. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Ministry Minded Podcast, the show that seeks to marvel at the mercy of God that meets us in our messy ministries. I'm your host, Brad Gray. I'm the uh, senior pastor of Stonington Baptist Church in Paxinos, Pennsylvania. Uh, This is another edition of Pastor Brad's Corner, a little uh, space and moment where I can kind of reflect on some of the uh, events of the past week, especially uh, in regards to the sermon from this past Sunday, and just kind of chew on it a little bit more and uh, hopefully uh, provide a little bit more application or perhaps even a little bit more insight into some of the things I was trying to uh, trying to instill uh, through the sermon. Uh, I've been encouraged to do this um, little sort of reflection and meditation on the sermons uh, just because, um, I think I mentioned this before, but just there's so many times where uh, you preach a sermon, you pour your uh, lifeblood, so to speak, into a sermon, studying and preparing for it, and then you deliver it, and then it almost kind of fades into existence. And I think there's a certain poetry to that in a lot of ways, but I think there's also a sense in which um, I don't want just all of that just to be kind of dead space afterwards. And I think there's a 
there's a great need to not just let the sermon die uh, when you walk out of the church that day, uh, chew on it and meditate on it. And uh, I do that, and I hope to encourage you to uh, do the same, uh, not always perhaps in the same ways that perhaps I'm I'm studying and meditating on sermons. I don't expect any of my church members to do it to that same degree. But nevertheless, I think it is really wise of us to, uh, to take the words of of the scriptures uh, very seriously. And I think in this day and age, it's not often uh, easy or perhaps even popular to uh, just allow uh, so much time and space for just sitting and meditating and thinking. Uh, so, so many times we have to be, uh, there's this notion that we have to be uh, always efficient, always on, always um, make being productive. There's so much talk about being efficient and all that kind of stuff that I think it doesn't allow for uh, just time to just sit and reflect, sit in silence and just think. And uh, that's not a a popular notion, but I think it's something that I think we definitely need uh, more of. And um, so anyways, regardless, I just want this kind of space to be that, uh, a time to just uh, let the thoughts of the sermon kind of ruminate in your mind. And as you, as you chew on them, things will kind of, more things will kind of pop up. And so that's what I hope to really uh, keep this space centered on, which kind of brings me to the first thing I wanted to get to uh, before I get into kind of just reflecting on the sermon from the sun from Sunday is sort of a housekeeping type issue in regards to it's not even an issue it's just a blogging update um, so you may have noticed in the last two weeks I was posting um, a blog on Saturdays called links I like uh, you may have noticed if if you're you know a faithful visitor to the blog, you may have noticed that those link posts have disappeared. And um, I know um, that may seem weird to you. If it's not weird to you, that's fine. Um, but um, what I found out really is that I actually enjoy just thinking out loud and, and talking um, through some of those articles that I've been reading and stuff like that through this sort of format, through a podcast like this. And um, so I, what I hope to do is actually make those sort of links I like posts more into um, podcasts themselves and, and not just sequester them to Saturdays. Because um, I think it'll allow for a little bit more flexibility, a little bit more nuance, but even also a little bit more just thinking out loud, which is usually what happens when those articles pop up. I'm trying to think out loud and put it all down in a blog, so to speak. And I think it's a little bit easier just to um, think it out, uh, and, and think it out verbally. Uh, so anyways, that's what I hope to do, um, is to make the share, I'm still going to be sharing a lot of articles that I've read and, and things like that, but it'll be more in this kind of format. Uh, I'll, I'm going to do my best to really sequester these Pastor Brad's Corner episodes to specifically the sermon and then highlighting perhaps an article that goes along with that sermon that uh, that I've read or come across or something like that. And then any other random articles or, or stories or, or videos even that I've in enjoyed um, or that I've found really enriching or encouraging or uh, educational, perhaps even. Um, those I hope to include and incorporate into other episodes, just little standalone episodes, quick ones or what, what have you. But regardless, um, that's it. that's just so you guys are aware uh, that that's what's going on. Um, but now to really what I wanted to get into, because um, this past Sunday, um, 
if you were if you were at church, I hope you were, or if you've listened uh, to the sermon since then, I, I preached on Mark chapter thirteen, um, and this is of course uh, the Mark uh, Mark's version of Jesus's Olivet discourse, where he is on the Mount of Olives and he is uh, giving the incredible sermon regarding the end times and regarding the end of all things and the signs of the end times and all those sorts of things. And so it's, uh, Mark's version is 37 verses. It's a little bit different than in the Matthew version. Um, but it's a doozy of a chapter. It's just a sermon that is filled with so much imagery and so much, so many challenging elements. Um, and I think one of the things I, w- I, r- I really harped on when I was preaching on Sunday is the fact that that throughout Mark chapter 13, you have to see it as see it for what Jesus is doing. Uh, specifically, he's not telling his apostles, and by proxy us, he's not telling us a linear version of here's how these events will play out. Um, what is noticeable, what I noticed when I was studying is um, that he's pitting events that are millennia, ages, centuries apart, separated by thousands of years sometimes. Um, He's pitting those events back to back. And so he's talking about, and on one hand, you know, uh, about how the apostles themselves are going to very shortly um, be, you know, turned over to governors and kings, and they're going to be brought before um, b- before the councils and flogged in the synagogues. It says in Mark uh, thirteen verse uh, verse nine, um, and so it's talking about those events, which of course are really immediate. Uh, they those events you can read about in the book of Acts, um, but then it's also talking. Talking about the abomination of desolation and those sorts of things, and how in the last days it's going to be so bad that Jesus even says in verse seventeen that woe to pregnant women and nursing mothers in those days, and and basically he's saying it's going to be so bad that it's gonna it's going to be terrible to bring children into a world uh, going through the travails that is going through, um, and I think the point is is that we can't just read this chapter as if it's a linear, here's a, the linear progression of the, quote, end times. Because that's not what he's doing. Um, that's not even what his apostles were asking for. Uh, but also, that's not even what Jesus would do. Um, and I think that uh, I've written about this several times. Um, and in fact, um, if you're a member of Stonington Baptist Church or a regular attender, you'll you might remember this. But what, so I'm coming up on a year uh, being the pastor at Stonington, and one of my very first sermons was actually on Revelation chapter one. And I remember talking to some of my pastor friends and saying, you know, when I go and candidate at this church or whatever, I'm going to be preaching. Um, from Revelation 1, and there was this kind of sense of <laughs> uh, more power to you, so to speak, just because it's such a doozy of a notion to preach on prophecy. And, and rightly so, I think there's there's so many times where uh, there's this idea that, es, uh, you know, if I say the word eschatology, that just means end times, prophetic works, those sorts of things. When you preach on an eschatological book, or chapter, you know, take chapters from Daniel or Ezekiel or Revelation, or even some of those ones from um, 
from the letters to the Thessalon uh, to, to the Thessalonian church, uh, where Paul is writing about end times sorts of things. You you take those uh, as they are, and um, there's always this kind of nervousness. There's this there's this anxiety that gets built up um, just because there's always been such a dogmatic approach to what the end times is going to be and what it is going to look like and how things are going to play out, and and this might be a little bit repetitive from my sermon on Sunday, but I just really think that it is. A, a gross misunderstanding and uh, miscalculation and really just misinterpretation of any of those end times chapters, end times scripture, to make the assumption that these are here to help us predict or plan for the future. And I think they give us a glimpse into future events. Uh, they give us a a, a a semblance, perhaps, of what is going to happen, but they never they they're never clear on who, and they're never really clear on where and when. Um, and in fact, that's the whole point that I was trying to make on Sunday is Jesus for thirty verses, thirty odd verses or so, he is talking about all this tribulation and trouble and travail and trial that's happening at the end of all times uh, with the coming of the Son of Man and all these sorts of things. Is he going through this discourse? But then he gets to verse 32, and he makes this statement, which I want to read to you again. Uh, he says, Now concerning that day, meaning the days when the end of all time, the end of all things are going to come about. Now concerning that day, he says, That day or hour... No one knows, neither the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Watch, be alert, for you do not know when the time is coming. And we have these verses right in front of us, and it's just, it baffles me that we have missed that point. That no one knows when these things are going to happen. Which isn't to say that they're not important to study, but I would also say that it's important to realize what they're there for. They're not there for you. Uh, I like to use this, 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 it's, it's silly, but I'm going to use it anyways. The Revelation, end times scripture, this chapter even itself, um, they are not in the scriptures to make us, you know, holy Nostradamuses, you know, ancient predictors of the future events and fortune tellers and foretellers of what's going to happen in the future. That's not what they're there for. And this is always the case when you're coming across a, quote, prophecy conference regarding all these things are going to happen when and where and by whom, and this is exactly where it's going to happen. And I, that is... I think to miss is, is, is to disregard Jesus' statement here, but I think it's to disregard our duty. It is not, we are not, we have not been given the authority to make those sorts of teachings the primary teachings of the church. The, the primary teaching of the church is not uh, not to let the church know when the end times are going to be. Uh, Jesus says this, this is not for anyone to know. No one knows. Only the Father. The only duty of the church is to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ, to make disciples, to baptize believers into the church, and to watch and be alert, as he says. Another version has it, watch and pray. Watch 
the door, watched the door of the church. He, he tells that, that parable in verses 34 through 30, uh, 36 about these uh, watchmen who've been given authority by the housekeeper uh, as the housekeeper goes away on a long journey, and he gives authority to his servants to watch over his house. Guess what? That's the church. We've been given that authority to watch over God's kingdom on this earth, and we are the doorkeepers of that kingdom, and we are to watch and be alert, not uh, as those who are wringing their hands uh, in fear and in trepidation over when these end times are going to happen, but over those, uh, we are to be those with faith, watching all of these events, being alert of them, yes, but being faithful in the midst of them, being faithful servants over God's house, knowing that all of these things that are happening, God is the one who controls them all. I, I, I This quote that I came across, I'm going to read it to you. I was going to put it in my sermon. I just couldn't find uh, a, a place uh, a, a place to to put it in there. Um, but it comes from G. Campbell Morgan's commentary on the Gospel of Mark. But he's writing on this chapter, and I think this paragraph is so important. Listen to what Morgan says. This is commentator G. Campbell Morgan. He says, quote, In this prophecy of Jesus, meaning this chapter, Mark chapter 13, uh, quote, In this prophecy of Jesus, There is an arresting insistence upon the fact that the time is not known. In those words, he solemnly warned his disciples and us and the whole age that we know not when. Not in this prophecy, nor anywhere else in the teaching of Jesus, nor in the whole New Testament, is there a single declaration that can help us to fix, even approximately within the limits of a human almanac or calendar, the hour of the advent. And I think that's a really, that's the end of the quote. I think that's a really important sort of uh, realization to come to. That as much as we want to try and to connect the dots and, and quote, figure out the Bible co- code, so to speak, on when this, this event is going to come, when the Son of Man, uh, when his return is actually going to be, um, there's no code to, to, to unlock. There's no secret dot connecting that you can perform that will allow you to know when this day is going to happen. And that is not to confuse you. That is not to make you faithless. That's actually to build up your faith. Why? Because there's one who does know, and his name is the Father, God in heaven, the one who has spoken all of these things into existence. He is the one who knows when all of these things are going to happen. Therefore, we are not to be living in fear of when the end times are going to be. Rather, we are to be living in faith, knowing that because he has all of these things ordained and ordered, we are then free to watch and to pray. We are free to love our neighbor wholeheartedly. We can love them urgently. We can love them totally. Why? Because we are those who've been given the charge to watch over the house. See, that's the whole point of the, of the parable. You know, there's this, there's, I think there's this notion that if we don't know all the intricacies of the end times, then we really can't uh, be faithful uh, for uh, when those future events come about. Actually, I think it's totally opposite. Because we don't know when those things are, and because we don't have to know, we are free to be faithful right here in the moment, which is exactly and precisely what Jesus wants us to do and to glean from this. 
He wants us to get out of this uh, this parable of the of the the master giving authority to the to the watchman that you don't know the time. You don't know the hour. He says this in verse 34. Therefore be alert since you don't know when the master of the house is coming. You don't know when he's returning. Whether in the evening or at midnight or at the crowing of the rooster or early in the morning. Otherwise, when he comes suddenly, he might find you sleeping. And so the charge there is for those who have been given the authority over the house, i.e. the church, the faithful uh, people of God. Those precisely have been given the charge to be urgent about the good news. You don't know when he's coming back, and you can't know when he's coming back. So to figure that part out is a really a lesson in futility. But the lesson of the sermon is be faithful. Why? Because God is in charge of the outcome of history. This is an article I wanted to highlight that kind of supplements this point. It's written by um, an Orthodox priest. So he writes definitely from a widely different perspective oftentimes, at least in terms of, you know, church tradition, um, than perhaps I would or perhaps we would be comfortable with a lot of times just because he comes from an orthodox tradition of the faith. Uh, but his name is Stephen Freeman, and he writes oftentimes very eloquently about a, a manner of different subjects. But he wrote this article recently that I wanted to point your attention to. He writes, the title is, I Can See Clearly Now, and he speaks to this very thing that I'm talking about, and he speaks to it opening, uh, speaks to it very well. And in fact, that was his opening line. The opening line of his article is, God is in charge of the outcome of history. That, to us, that frees us from wringing our hands about the future. Why? Because he's in charge of it. He's the master over all of mankind's days, all of the ages that we've been through up to this point, and all of the ages that will come after us, the generations that will come after us. He's in charge over all of it. This is Stephen Freeman writing again. He says, quote, The outcome of history is in the hands of God. In the resurrection of Jesus Christ, we see the end of history. It all works together for good. The question in our daily lives, however, has to do with where we focus our attention. By and large, we tend to live like young, new drivers. We focus on things all around us. When we worry about the future, it's really only about a car length ahead of us. As such, our lives are jerked around, dashing to and fro perceived problems, wiggling our way down the road, surprised by rumble strips and occasionally winding up in a ditch. The vision of life, Freeman continues, in which our eyes are fixed on the end made known in Christ, yet encompassing the whole periphery of our ongoing lives. This is a place of peace and assurance. When we are living in strange times, it is important to note that a wrong focus tends to exacerbate the strangeness. We only see clearly when our vision is made whole. The point he makes is that when, you know that phrase from Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, where it's talking about uh, looking unto Jesus, the author, yes, and the finisher. The author and the finisher of your faith. He is the one who inaugurated your faith, and he's the one that is going to bring all things. He is going to wrap up the end of all things according as he has purposed from the beginning of all time. He is in charge of the outcome of history. He's the finisher of all things. 
He says, of course, in Revelation, uh, multiple times, he's the Alpha and the Omega, the, the beginning and the end. And when our eyes are fixed on him, it's, it's not, we are freed to live in the present, live our daily lives, not focusing on the, on the things that could distract us and make us distraught. We are free to hold things loosely, free to let God speak into our lives. We are free to, uh, free to love our neighbor. We are free. Uh, this is, I'm, I've been teasing this almost at my, at my church. And if you're a church member, you will be listening to this and you might be rolling your eyes and you're like, yeah, maybe one of these days. But I, I, I am, I promise you, uh, one of my goals is to preach through Ecclesiastes. It is a wonderful book, and it speaks to this. The whole point of Ecclesiastes, which is often so misunderstood, is the fact that when he says, when Solomon says, the preacher there, when he says, uh, you know, to eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow we die, it is not this, you know, sort of nihilistic outlook and worldview. Um, It is actually exactly what we are called to do. You can eat and drink and feast and be merry with your friends and family right here in the present. Why? Because tomorrow and the next day are controlled by the master of all things, by the God who is in charge of the outcome of history. So our stresses and our worries don't need to be about tomorrow. Highlight Jesus says that in Matthew chapter 6 where he says, do not be anxious for tomorrow. Our worries and cares can be focused on the here and now. Loving our neighbor, loving our friends, loving our family really well. Going out of our way to show the love of God to them here and now, whether it's preaching the gospel to them or whether it's uh, feasting with them over dinner. This is what we are freed to do in the gospel in the recognition, the realization that God is, the, is in charge of the outcome of history. It is not our job. It is not our job to, uh, to fix and order things, to determine the times. This is, <laughs> this is one of the things that um, I was really harping on in my sermon. And I'm, I'm going to repeat it again because I just love to talk about it. <laughs> um, but uh, I've used this quote several times. And, and if you're familiar with this, you know, it's okay. Um, this is exactly what Gandalf is talking about in The Lord of the Rings. I used this illustration on Sunday, um, but I'll, I'm going to use it again just because it's so relevant. I want to emphasize it again. You know, I love the Lord of the Rings. J.R.L. Tolkien's mythology is just wonderful. And there's that scene, though, where Frodo is sort of opining. He's just almost complaining about the fact that this one ring to rule them all has sort of manifested in his time. And And he says that. I wish it need not have happened in my time, Frodo says. And then to Frodo, Gandalf says this, which to me is like a sermon that speaks through the mouth of Gandalf the Grey, the wizard from Tolkien's mythology. It's a sermon that I think speaks to us. Gandalf says this, So do I, and so do all who live to see such times. But that is not for them to decide. All we have to decide is what to do with the time that is given to us. 
That's exactly what, by the way, I'm just sort of spoiling my sermon series on Ecclesiastes. That's exactly what Ecclesiastes is everywhere trying to uh, show us through, yes, through Solomon's failed attempts. But through his failure, he comes to that realization. And this is exactly, I think, what Jesus is getting our attention uh, on in this chapter. You you don't control the times. You are not the one who has been uh, specifically called to worry about the, the future days, to w- determine when things are going to happen, where and by whom, and, and what these things mean. That is not your duty. That is not your job. That is not the calling that God has given you. What is God's calling? Your calling is to be a watcher of the times. Watch, be alert, for you don't know when the time is coming. All you have to decide is what to do with the time that is given to you. Are you going to live it in fear or are you going to live it in faith? That's the question we came to on Sunday. And it's the question I come to again because it's so important for me. Uh, It's so relevant to me. It's something that speaks to me so dearly because there's always so much hand-wringing about the end times, when there need not be. Yes, there is going to be trouble and tribulation. Jesus says in this chapter that the, that the tribulation that's going to come, he says this in verse 19, those days will be of tribulation, the kind that hasn't been from the beginning of creation until now and never will be again. Unprecedented trouble. And yet, the point of it all is the fact that we have been invited into relationship. Get that. We've been invited into relationship with the God who is in charge of the outcome of history. Therefore, we can be at peace, as Father Stephen Freeman says, because he's the one who will finish all things. He's the beginning and the end, the Alpha and Omega. He is the one who is specifically encouraging and charging us to live in the present with faith. I hope that you will. I hope that's an encouragement to you. Um, I Really quick, before we close out today's episode, I wanted to talk to you about uh, two other quick little things. Um, I, I really encourage you to check out the last two episodes of the podcast. Uh, um, there was one episode, uh, episode 61, which is with Bob Hiller. Reverend Bob Hiller is a pastor out in California, um, um, and he and I talk about the dichotomy uh, between faith and works in the Epistle of James. It is a fantastic episode, a great conversation, a great way to investigate. You know, there's that really curious uh, notion of the fact that James preaches a different gospel than Paul does. And in fact, we talk about how that is actually not true at all. Uh, And so I really invite you and encourage you to listen to that one, a great episode. And then I just recorded one with Bob Hiller again, and also one of his colleagues, Dan Van Voorhis, who works for 1517 out in California as well. And uh, we get to talk about the ESPN documentary, The Last Dance, uh, all about Michael Jordan in his last season, uh, specifically, but also 
also his career with the Chicago Bulls and just kind of put it into perspective, into historical context and all those sorts of things. So definitely check out those two episodes and I hope you've been blessed by this one. Thank you for visiting Pastor Brad's Corner and thank you for listening to Ministry Minded. I hope that you are blessed. I hope that you are encouraged uh, and I hope too that uh, that you can, I can see you on Sunday and I hope you come and are blessed by the sermon in the fellowship uh, there as well. So if you have any questions for me, be sure to leave them in the comments. If you'd like to visit my church, make sure to go to www.stoningtonbaptist.org and you will be given a way to visit the church and find out more about what our church believes and all those sorts of things. So I hope you'll do that. And I encourage you to do that. Thanks for listening. Thanks for commenting and thanks for subscribing. I'll see you on the next episode. Blessings.